So today's teaching time is going to be a little different than normal. It'll have some interactive elements to it to try to keep the kids engaged or our adults engaged as well, either one. So uh, uh, if this is your first time at New City, this is uh, a little, uh, just again, a little different way that we're going to approach our teaching time today. And I'm gonna, I will need some volunteers along the way. Some of you I've already talked to, some of you I haven't. And I'm just going to tell you to, to come forward if I need you. So, uh, all right. So to, we're going through this series called Iconic, the sayings of Jesus that help him know who he is. It's his words that tell us. Oftentimes, you learn about things or people from somebody else versus actually the real person, where Jesus is the one who's told us all about himself. And I don't know about you, when I think about today, I thought I knew what it was like to be a parent, right? Before I had kids. Yeah, those of you who are parents in here, you, you used to judge parents, right? You'd sit at a table at dinner and be like, how dare those kids act like that? My kids will never, never make a mess like that. My kids would never talk to me like that. My kids will never. And it was all nevers until you actually came home with kids. I remember when we came home with PJ, he's my youngest right here, oldest right here, actually. Uh, he, uh, I thought, like, certainly they're going to send us home with an instruction manual or something, they sent us home with a bill and a slap on the back. Good luck. Have fun, right? That was it. We had to figure it out from other people and trial and error. And, but we learned to be a parent by doing parenting. And this is how we learn about Jesus from actually hearing from Jesus, not just other things. And so today, this passage we're going to look at is what the kids just saying when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, remember, Jesus didn't just say these as grand statements. He did them in the middle of, of issues that were going on. And this one, the story behind this statement is Jesus' last meal with his disciples, his last dinner that he's happened with his disciples. If you've been following along on these stories, Jesus has been on the run. It's like an action movie. Jesus has been on the run They've been chasing him. They've tried to kill him a few times. They can't catch him. And now there's big tension because there is a huge feast. The Passover, the highest, holiest day of the year for the Jewish people is coming up. And everybody comes to Jerusalem for a big party. And tension is there because people are like, is Jesus going to show up? If he shows up, are they going to try to kill him? What's going to happen? Jesus was feeling the pressure. The, the, his friends were feeling the pressure. The, all of Jerusalem was feeling this pressure. And so the special dinner that they have on Passover, so kids think about, I don't know if you have a favorite food that you like, but like I, growing up, I loved pizza, right? And so when my mom brought home pizza on Friday night, it was special dinner time, right? It was like, this is the best meal. And I always knew something was up if on Friday night when mom came home, she didn't bring pizza, but we had a different kind of meal. It means we as a family had to talk about something or there was something going on, right? And this is what's happening at this meal. They've had this Passover meal before together, but immediately when they sit down, things are different. First, Jesus washes all of their feet, which is kind of weird. It's what a servant would have done, but Jesus does that. And then he calls out two of his friends, Judas and Peter, and tells him that Peter's going to deny him, that he even knows me. And he tells Judas he's going to betray him tonight. 
And both of those things happen. And then Jesus kind of drops the biggest bomb and he says, I'm about to leave you guys. I'm about to die. I'm going away. I'm going somewhere where you can't go right now. And so imagine if you're with a bunch of friends and you do this special meal all the time. You've been hanging out and all of a sudden the head guy comes in and everything's a little different. That's what's happening at this meal. And these guys are going, starting to feel a lot of different emotions, a lot of different things. And this is how Jesus deals with it. So there's a passage I'll read. John 14, it says this. Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, because in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will make you to myself, take you to myself, and there you'll be also. And, and you know the way to where I am going. But Thomas, one of his friends, said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? So Jesus first deals with when we feel lost and lonely. You ever been lost? When I was the age of, say, a Luke, I think. Luke, how old are you now? Nine. So I was about nine, I think. We went to a department store with my parents. I'm playing in the clothes racks. And all of a sudden, I look up, and my parents are nowhere to be found. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I am lost in this giant store. Where am I to go? What am I to do? And I found some guy who I said, I don't know who you are, but maybe you can help me find my parents. And he got me to somebody who could then do the announcement over the intercom and reconnected me with my parents. With that, if you've ever felt lost, like it's a hopeless kind of feeling, right? And this is why Thomas asked this question. He says, where, where are you going? We don't understand where you're going. We feel like we're, we're lost, we're blindfolded, we don't see. Chase, can I borrow you and Luke and Anthony for a minute? Come down. You get to do something to your dad. You get to blindfold him. All right, can you put the blindfold on him? <laughs> All right, now let's see if we can confuse him a little bit. Spin him around. Get him. Keep spinning him. Spin him around. He knows where he is now. You might want to move him around a little bit. All right. Hold on. Not yet, Luke. Now let's be quiet and see if he can find his way back to his seat by himself. Yes. How long do you think it would take him to find it by himself? A long time. He probably hurt himself. Now, what if you guys, what if you guys helped him back to a seat? Can you do that? He's got to keep the blindfold on, though, but help him. So tell him where steps are coming. <laughs> and he made it. Good job. <laughs> oh. Maybe you felt like that sometime in your life when you're like, you know, you don't know where you're going, you're lost. And this is what Jesus says right here. When we're feeling lost and lonely, Jesus will show us the way home. He'll get us back to our seats. He'll get us back. And he says this. He says in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you there myself. How and what is the way then? How do we actually do that? He leads us through prayer and other people. We, we can understand the way of Jesus just the way Chase got back to his seat with Luke and Anthony saying, do this, take this step now. Listening to the voice of people who are walking with God and listening to God himself through prayer. So when you feel lost and lonely, God will show you the way home. Jesus will show you the way home through prayer and people. But there's another thing here. It's, 
In verse 7, there's somebody else that's going to ask a question. Jesus is saying, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do not know him, you have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. So right now, Philip in this moment is feeling confused and maybe uncertain. You ever felt confused and uncertain in your life? A time when you thought you understood something and then you got a whole different picture of this? Robert, can I borrow you and Jed and Soji for a minute? So a lot of times we, we think we understand things. And this is what Philip is asking here. He's saying, I keep telling me stuff. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And Jesus says, I've given you everything you need. All right, so I, guys, I want to ask you some questions about your dad. Nothing crazy. How tall is your dad? Like 5'10". Five 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 no, five he was 5'10". Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, you guys decide on a number. Five. Five ten. All right. From the back of his foot, back of his heel to the front of his feet, how big do you think his feet are with his shoes? Thirteen inches. All right. So we said five ten. We say five ten is what we said, and thirteen inches. How big is his left ear? How many? Like in inches? Yeah. Like two and a half? All right. So that could be true, right? It could be, but we don't know, but we're going to find out, right? So let's, let's see actually how tall your dad is. You might have to get up on the stage to, uh, well, I don't know, Soji's not, she's not far behind you. So that is, so 16, 69 inches? Five nine. Five nine. Five nine. All right, let's see. You said 13 inches on the shoes? 13. All right. So you're close. You got that one. Order, but you said his ear was how much? Three. Two and a half. All right, so. No, Soji. Wrong Jed's ear. close. Three. Three. All right. Good job, guys. Good job. We learned new things about Robert today in your ears. But the, the truth is, oftentimes, we think we know the truth until we actually check for the real truth, Right? And we actually measure and see. And this is the beauty of Jesus. When we feel confused and uncertain, he will show us the real truth. And, and the truth is this. Robert could say he's 5'11", 5'12", 6 feet, whatever. But when we measure, we find out what he really is. 5'9", right? And so can, can you imagine trying to build a house without a measuring tape? Trying to put things together in the right place? Because you have to know exactly what the measurements are. And oftentimes we get our perceptions and the actual measurements confused. And we get upset and confused when we live by our own perceptions instead of the truth. And there is certainty that Jesus has already given us in the midst of whatever's confusing situation. He gives us the real truth. And where does that come from? It, the truth is from scripture and study. It's taking God's word in the Bible and learning it, studying it. What does it mean? And applying it to our lives. It's, like, it's why we do this on Sunday mornings. It's why we do our women's group. It's why we do our discipleship circles. Scripture and study show us the truth. And then he finally talks about the way, right? And in John 14, this passage says, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm going, but I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you are about to come alive. 
And at that moment, you know absolutely that I'm in the Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Judah is not the one who would betray him, said, But Master, why is it that you're about to make yourself plain to us, but not to the world? And this is what I see here. Judas here wasn't sure exactly how they were going to experience the life that Jesus was talking about. You're about to leave us. Everything's about to change. You ever had one of those moments where everything changes and maybe you feel hopeless? Hopeless or helpless? You ever feel like you've just lost it all? Or all of a sudden you've got news that changed everything for the positive? We all have experienced this. I, re- I remember we talked about when kids were born, right? I remember how that changed my life, getting married. I remember a time I lost a job. I remember a time we got a phone call when we learned Katie's dad had tragically passed away. Life and death are part of life, right? It's part of what we experience. I'm going to ask Jared to come up for a minute and Drew and Leslie to come on up for a second. So I, I want to illustrate. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask all of us to participate in this for a minute. You both know our couples here, our, Jana's with, with, uh, with Oliver, but uh, Jared recently lost his mom. Last week was the funeral. We've been praying for him. And death was a, a part of all of our experiences, right? I, I lost my mom three years ago. As I was thinking about it, I could think of five or six people in this room that have lost a parent this year. And so I want to ask you to do something real quick. If you have in any way experienced the loss of a friend, a family member, somebody close to you, and you've, you've in some way experienced death over the last year to 18 months, would you, would you stand? Well, a lot of us, right? Death is one of the most common things. Stay standing for a minute. Now, over here, Drew and Leslie this week found out that they are about to have a baby. And uh, it's something to celebrate, right? A new life being born due November 2nd, and, uh, which is also anniversary. their anniversary. <laughs> so... Uh, so new life has come in, right? Now, what about you in this room? Who over this last year, through family, friends, or maybe even your own life, over the last couple of years have experienced new life? Would you stand if you know somebody who's been born or you've had a child or you, you know somebody in, in that at all? So, so look around the room for a minute. We experience life and death all the time. And, and we, in these moments, we go, you know what? Will anything ever be the same? We talk about it with the loss of your mom. You know, will will my life ever be the same? And it won't be. It'll be different. Will your life ever be the same when a child comes into it? No, right? It's going to change. It's going to change, as you can see, right? So the thing I want us to see in this is that Jesus gives us hope beyond this life. He gives us eternal life, right? You guys can grab a seat. And our band's going to come up and close us in a minute as I finish this last point. So how do we experience eternal life? It's through submission and salvation. Through submission and salvation. Our band can go ahead and and come on up and get ready. Uh, We don't experience eternal life in this framework of birth and death. But God gives us hope through Jesus, through the payment that he makes for our sin, through from beginning to end and beyond through salvation and experience and submission. And so my question for you today is, what questions do you need Jesus to answer for you today? 
Do you need him to give you direction to show you the way? Do you need to give him to give you clarification to show you the truth, to measure the right things in your life? Do you need to be guided around like Chase was and, and shown the way? Or do you need to understand that life is longer and more eternal than just a moment of birth or even a moment of death? That we get to experience eternal life because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Will you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? I want to pray, and then we're going to close with one song together that sings about this truth going beyond just our lives, but for generations ahead. God, we love you. Thanks for the beauty of this Sunday to celebrate children, to celebrate new life, to even talk about the pain of death and how you've overcome that. God, help us lean into the idea that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And God, not just for us, but for our children and for generations that follow us, you are the blessing that we get to experience.